John chapter 6. Now I want to go back and say we still have one more Wednesday night, the 31st, next week where we'll still have a regular service. Then in September, I believe it'll be September 7th, we are starting our meals again. We will have meals at 6.30. So I want to encourage you, invite people. We're going to see from John chapter 6 how important eating is. Eating is scriptural. Eating is natural. Eating is necessary. Eating from the Word of God, eating from, uh, uh, from the voice of the Lord, but also eating in the physical has a spiritual impact on us. We will talk about things when we sit down to eat that normally we just wouldn't have a chance to talk about. So I want to encourage you, invite people. It's going to cost $3. I feel like it is very affordable. You can afford $3. And if someone you bring someone that can't afford it, pay for them. If you can't pay for them, ask us. We'll figure out a way to pay for them. But nobody comes in here, it doesn't get fed. Amen? That's the place for the church is to get fed. It says in uh, Malachi, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food in my house. There is to be food in this place. Somebody say amen to that. There is to be food. There is to be spiritual food. There is to be physical food. People should not leave here hungry. People should leave here full. Amen? All right, John chapter 6. So let me back up. Not next Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, we start these meals. And prior to that, at 6 o'clock, if you're looking for a Bible study or a small group or a little bit more than just eating, come at 6 o'clock. I'm not sure which room we'll be in. I would guess it'll probably be in Burton Sunday School class. But if we bust out of that, we'll move into a bigger room or we'll, we'll divide up into a couple rooms um, and just have a small... Uh, a small group setting, um, learning and growing and building relationship, but also bringing scripture and testimony and a discussion. So 6 to 6.30, we're going to have a small group, and right after that, we'll dismiss and go eat together. So come out, invite, people will eat. Now, John chapter 6. Reading again from the message. Uh, we've been going through John uh, for the past couple months, and we're just now in chapter 6. So we're going to start in verse 1. After this, so do you remember? After what? He's, had the, he's, he's been with the woman at the well. We've been seeing these stories and this, these testimonies of Jesus um, doing miracles and doing amazing things and teaching. If you remember from the last two weeks, he kept saying, don't miss this, don't miss this. It's so important what I'm teaching you. So now we come here in, in John chapter 6, verse 1, and he says, After this, after all this teaching that we've just received, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee, some call it Tiberias. A huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles they had seen him doing among the sick. I just believe that when we start to really hit the thread of the Lord, we are going to see the sick healed. And the people are going to be attracted to it. Do you remember from uh, John chapter 5 and John chapter 4 that the Lord is saying that the harvest is now. That the dead will hear. That the dead will respond. That the lost will come to know the Lord, if we will just put it out, spread the seed, get the word out. So here we're saying, it's saying that the huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles they had seen him doing among the sick. When he got to the other side, he climbed a hill and sat down, surrounded by his disciples. It was nearly time for the feast of Passover. 
uh, kept annually by the Jews. Verse 5. When Jesus looked out and saw that a huge crowd, that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, Where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. So, when the Lord asks you a question, he already knows the answer. He already knows. Has the Lord ever asked you a question? This is the point where y'all can say yes. Or no, or I've kind of felt like something was being asked, but I wasn't sure. You know, I've had, I can say yes to all of them. Yeah, I've kind of felt like I was being nudged, or no, when I was needing having this problem, I really didn't hear, or yes, I have heard. Well, in this whole walking through vision, as I have, as I have been pursuing vision um, and asking God for vision, I've had God ask me back in a still small voice. Usually, when I'm running, He starts asking me. Okay, what about this? Or he would, say, he would say to me, Okay, thank you for asking. What does my word say? And I'm like, it says this. Right, what does that say to you? Um, that I'm not doing that? Right, good. Good. You're doing good. Keep going. And that if I would focus on doing what you've, what you've said to do, my other issues will, yeah, they'll, they'll work themselves out. So when I start seeking God and asking him, God, uh, for instance, God, I'm struggling with my finances. What do I do? Okay, thanks for asking. I've got an answer for you. What does my word say? Okay, no, I'm not doing that. Right. Yeah, good. Do that. So, Jesus asks Philip, do we have money to buy bread? Because he was wanting to stretch Philip's faith. Here comes something that God's about to do. He already knew what he was going to do. This rhetorical question. Something I want you to catch right here is, Jesus didn't preach, then feed him. He's going to feed him. And then preach. He's going to feed him. So, again, we've got this rhetorical thing going on here where the Lord's saying, do we have bread to, to feed these people? Philip answered, we've got 200 silver pieces. He said, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for uh, each person to get a piece. What's he saying? Basically, it would take a truckload of money to be able to buy food for this group. There's no way. In, in other words... No. Right? Verse 8. One of the disciples, and it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, There's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. Now, don't get ahead of the story. We want to immediately know that God's going to feed them, but who did he use to feed them? A little boy. There was a little boy wandering around with a lunchbox. And the Lord said, go see what he's got. I can make that work. You see that the can of SpaghettiOs and a couple crackers? That's enough. 
for the woman that was about to sell her child because she couldn't afford to, to eat. What did Elijah or Elisha say? Have you got any oil? Yeah, about. I, I want to think if it was like a, do y'all ever get chipped beef and get those little glass cups? We use them to drink orange juice and stuff. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those little bitty cups of, that chipped beef comes in? Some of you people are nodding your heads. Yes, I know what you mean. I feel like that's about how much oil she had. Just a little. The Lord said, that's enough. Start pouring. Go get every jar you can find. I'm going to see how much faith you've got because however many jars you bring me, I'm going to fill. When you stop bringing me jars, I'm going to stop filling. So she got every jar she could get, and that oil poured until she ran out of jars. So the Lord said, one of the disciples brought, uh, said, hey, there's a little boy over here. But that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. You can already see these. Now we've had Andrew and we've had Philip say, we ain't feeding this crowd. I mean, this kid right here has got a satchel. He's got a brown, he's brown bag and there's no way we're feeding him with that. It would take $10 billion to feed people like this. But it was the little boy. I see so much significance in how God, if you're wondering whether God can use you, he's using a boy with a lunchbox. I don't see anything more significant about that child except he had a lunchbox with a little bit of food in it. Right? You feel insignificant? God can do a miracle in you. He can feed a crowd, not just a crowd, a huge crowd. So, verse 10. Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was a nice carpet of green grass in this place. They sat down, about 5,000 of them, and then Jesus took the bread, and having given thanks, he gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. This is just a side note. I wonder if he didn't feed those that, just, that refused to sit. Did anybody read that? Can we go back one scripture, Savannah? Make the people sit down. Jesus took the bread and having given thanks, gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish and all ate as much as they wanted. I'm telling you what, as a child, I was so stubborn. If somebody told me to sit down, I'd stand up. I may have already been seating, sit, seated. If someone said, you all have to sit down, I'd be the one to stand up. Just dumb. When we allow, I want you to catch this. He did the same with the fish. He gave, he, everyone ate. Gave to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. How did the Lord provide? By fulfilling their need. They did not just get enough to quench their hunger. They filled their stomachs. All ate as much as they wanted. When we allow the Lord to provide, we eat until we are full. The Lord's name is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. That is his name. That's who he is. He cannot not be that. When he is with us, and when he says sit and we sit, 
He feeds us. When he says sit in my presence, when he says you're invited in here and come in and have a seat and be with me, I will feed you. The only need I believe that crowd had was hunger. And he met it. These people are hungry. I'm going to meet their need. I'm not going to go beat them over the head and tell them what they're doing wrong. They're hungry. Someone that's hungry can't even begin to hear what you have to say. Anybody here get fussy when you're hungry? You couldn't care less about anything else that's going on. I don't care that the house is on fire. Give me a Snickers. Can you see that the Lord sees the significance in feeding us, in, our, in meeting our need? God's going to meet our need. He desires to meet our need. Verse 12, when the people had eaten their fill, he said to the, the, the disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. They went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. Now, I... I think one of the greatest encouragements is the Lord can use already what you have. You may be doing all you can to just squeeze two nickels together. You may be trying and just paddling. You you know how a duck looks. looks kind of calm on top of the water, but underneath the water, he's just flapping away. His feet are just working hard as as he can. You may be just giving it everything that you've got, but I want you to know that when we genuinely sit down in front of the Lord, listen to him, follow him, get to know him, that he doesn't just help you get from point A to point B. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you to overflowing. Press down, running over, and shaking together to be poured into you. He wants to pour into you so much that when he's taken what little you have and has multiplied it to fill more than you could ever have thought of feeding on your own, there's going to be enough left over to now bless others. The provision and your ability to give, God's not taking that out of what you want to eat. He's letting you eat what you want to eat. It's out of the overflow. Everybody's already been fed. He's not making everybody take everything that they want and to be filled and say, okay, I want you to give up 10% of that. He said, no, I'm going to pour it out so much over on you that what's left over, we're going to give that. That's so good. We think that this God, um, what is it, the the, uh, financial message that you hear people say? It's the um, prosperity message that everybody wants to run from and, oh, God, he's after my money. No, God wants to bless you so much that you're going to look around, I can't eat anymore. One more bite and I'm going to chuck it all up right here in front of everybody. Anybody ever ate that much? One more bite, and it's all coming back up. The Lord says, okay, finally, you've got your fill. (laughs) Okay, now you see everything else on the table? It's all going to spoil anyway. Let's give that away. You know how I want you to have a heart to give? I want you to have a heart to give once you're full and I've filled you. Look at what else I've got. Give. Give. Can anybody see that when we get in the presence of the Lord genuinely, I don't mean play some church game. 
I mean, literally get to know the Lord and start following him and start listening to him and start letting him feed you, that you're going to look around and your table's going to be full. And that your heart is going to be, where can I give that? Why? Because God is a giver. And you were created in his image. You weren't created to hoard. Hoarding is a disease. You were created to give. Well, that's free. If you would receive the giving heart that you have, God will bless it. Your time, your effort, your service, your resources. Verse 14, let's keep going. The people realized that God was at work among them in what Jesus had just done. They said, this is the prophet for sure, God's prophet right here in Galilee. Jesus saw their enthusiasm. They were about to grab him and make him king. So he slipped off and went back up the mountain to be by himself. These people, what just happened? They just ate. Man, I like this guy. I showed up and I was hungry and he fed me. Let's just make him king. <laughs> They're ready to chase after him. And he said, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exit. What he did was feed them. Verse 16. In the evening, his disciples went down to the sea, got in the boat, and headed back across the water to Capernaum. It had grown quite dark and Jesus had not yet returned. A huge wind blew up, churning the sea. They were maybe three or four miles out when they saw Jesus walking on the sea quite near the boat. They were scared senseless, but he reassured them, it's me, it's all right, don't be afraid. So they took him on board. In no time they reached land, the exact spot they were headed to. Verse 22, the next day the crowd was left behind, realized there had been only one boat and that Jesus had not gotten into it with the disciples. They had seen him go off without him. So the people are putting two and two together. We saw the disciples leave, we didn't see Jesus leave. We just saw the one boat go, but here comes Jesus back on the boat. What's going on? By now the boat from Tiberias had pulled up near where they had eaten the bread blessed by the master. So when the crowd realized he was gone and wasn't coming back, they piled into Tiberias' boat and headed back to Capernaum looking for Jesus. Verse 25, when they found him back across the sea, they said, Rabbi, where, when did you get here? Jesus answered, now catch me, catch this. You've come looking for me, not because you saw God in my actions, but just because I fed you. Now, he's talking about just because I gave you fish and bread. I filled your stomachs and for free. Now, Jesus is all of a sudden drawing a line in the sand. I fed you. That's why you're following me. You're not following me because you want to follow me. You're following me because I fed you. Now, Jesus didn't play games here. He just is flat calling them out. Can you imagine coming to church and the pastor saying, hey, you're not following Jesus. Hey, you're just showing up for a handout. You're just showing up to have a good time. You're not following Jesus. You guys would run me out on a rail if I talked to you like that. But Jesus is saying, wait a minute. Y'all are chasing after me because, yeah, it's lunchtime again. And you're wondering, where's my food? Verse 27, don't waste your energy striving for the perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you. Food that nourishes your lasting life. For the Son of Man provides. And what he does, 
and he, he and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. To that they said, well, what do, you, what do we do then to get in on God's works? Jesus said, throw in your lot with the one that God has sent. This kind of commitment that gets you in on God's works. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there. I want to I, I want you to know that us inviting people to dinner is a start. It is by no means our end product. It's a start. It's an open door, and I want you to know Jesus started by feeding. Because now they've showed up again and said, "I'm still hungry," and Jesus is saying, "Okay, now you're listening." Let me tell you about me. This is Jesus speaking. Let me tell you about me. What I do have to offer you is important. It's going to save your life. I've reached you because I fed you. Now that I've reached you, I want you to listen to me. So we have a point with, with where we are with vision is by coming in here and inviting people to eat that we engage them, we relate to them, we reach them, and we begin to equip them. We give them food, we put food in front of them, we provide for them, and we love on them. But it doesn't stop there. Then we begin to proclaim the good news, this hope that God has given us. We're not just going to be a social club that eats together. Dinner clubs do that all over town. Go find one of those if that's what you want. That's not what this is. This has the intention of leading people to the Lord. We are going to be eating together to reach one another, to grow in Christ. But we're also going to eat. And we're going to enjoy one another. Everybody's going to work hard and serve one another. But the end product is to offer them a food that will never fail. To offer them water, a drink that will never go dry. To offer them hope that they will never find anywhere other than in the Lord. We must offer them the Lord. I want you to know the world was chasing after him looking to get fed again. It may cost you $3 to reach somebody. Trust the Lord to provide for your $3. If you're struggling to pull $3 together, start praying right now. Lord, give me $3 to take Joe Schmo to dinner September 7th. And Lord, as, as you provide for him to eat, Lord, open the door for me to just share some hope. It may be that you're just sitting there and they said, man, my marriage is falling apart. You know what? I've been there. I've been through that. There's hope. What hope? There's hope in Jesus. You may not know him, and you may have been sick of hearing it your whole life. Well, this is going to be different. I'm going to tell you what I've been through. And I'm going to tell you how I came out. And then I'm going to follow up with you, and I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to check on you. And then let's eat again next week. You got three bucks? I don't know. Let's, let me pray about it. I'll ask God, God, can I get three bucks? Yeah, I'll give you three bucks. I mean, this is real. Three dollars. 
Can you see that the Lord provided for their need and then offered himself? Do you know that Jesus did not make us accept him and then die on the cross? He died on the cross and then provided for us and then began to to draw us in. He met every need that we needed before we ever made the first move. There may be people in your work or in your life that won't come to a church to eat a meal. Meet their need where they are. Go meet their need right where they are. And then as they open that door, they open their heart to you, then share hope. It doesn't have to be a five-point sermon. Share hope. You know what, we, have, we, we all walk through so many challenges and you turn around and this is falling apart and you turn around and your toilet's falling apart. You turn around and you've got leaks in your basement. You turn around and your relationships are breaking. If you ever slow down long enough to seek the Lord, he'll provide you a way out. He, he tells us, he promises us that if we'll seek him, he'll always give us a way out of a snare, out of a dangerous situation. He'll always provide it. So wherever you are, the Lord's got a way for you, but you've got to get after him. You've got to get after him. So I'm, I'm going to stop there. Um, those of you that need encouragement, receive it. I am not talking pie in the sky. I am talking out of my own testimony and out of what I've, what I've walked through. And everybody here has walked through something. And we all think ours is the worst story. And you're right. It is because it's yours. But it's the best story. God's never left me hanging. Not once. And I've had a lot of chances. And every time I've turned back to him, there he is. Every time I turn back to him, I've told this story before, and my dad's recently passed away, but my dad was the perfect picture of mercy. Every time I blew it, there he was with open arms. And believe me, I didn't deserve it, ever. But it had nothing to do with the deserves. It was who he was. There was no undoing who he was much as I would try couldn't do it and there's no undoing who God the Father is no matter how what you've done there's no undoing that God desires you back you can't undo that he desires you so come back amen amen let me look at the list here let's just pray